Good evening, everybody. Today is Thursday, June 6th, 2019. My name is Bill Woodcock, and welcome to another edition of Forward Maryland. And as we get the program started this evening, I would like to take a moment to recognize the, uh, the 75th anniversary of one of the most momentous military battles in history. And that would be the D-Day invasion, uh, Normandy, France, uh, 75 years ago today. Uh, actually, the D-Day invasion was one day delayed. There was, it was originally supposed to be on the 5th of June of 1944, but uh, too much clouds and not enough moonlight uh, for the crossing that evening of American, British, Canadian, Australian, and uh, other Allied troops uh, to attack the uh, northern beach of France and uh, form a stronghold, which eventually led to the not just the freeing of France, but the defeat of Adolf Hitler's forces and the end of World War II in Europe. And, uh, you know, who knows uh, if D-Day had not happened or had been a failure or if any number of choices had been made. Uh, who knows how much different our world would be today. So, um, you, know, um, you know, the numbers of World War II veterans are dwindling, uh, obviously. Um, you know, there are fewer every day. So please uh, take time to remember and uh, always, always, always um, never forget. So on to the business of tonight's show, as promised. Um, Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, uh, the moderate Republican, has uh, made a decision about whether or not he's going to run for president. 2020. In fact, he has also made a decision about whether or not he is going to run for the United States Senate in 2022 against uh, Senator Christopher Van Hollen, who will be finishing up his freshman term in 2022. And 2022 also happening to be the uh, next uh, state election cycle uh, in Maryland. Uh, Governor Hogan has decided not to challenge President Trump in 2020, so that will leave as President Trump's sole uh, serious Republican challenger, uh, former Massachusetts Governor William Weld, uh, who is not without credentials as a bona fide Republican, but the last time we saw William Weld, he was running on the Libertarian ticket as the vice presidential candidate to Gary Johnson, who, um, you know, we all remember as being uh, internationally, internationally challenged. Uh, of course, uh, Governor Well will be running against a internationally challenged candidate, and in fact, a domestically challenged candidate in the, uh, in the presidential uh, primaries in the Republican Party in 2020, uh, but as so much of the Republican establishment has lined up against uh, uh, or in favor of President Trump and against all challengers, uh, the RNC itself made a very nice uh, situation of, of um, clearly uh, favoriting the Trump campaign over any other ch uh, possible challenger to the president. 
uh, good luck to Bill Weld. Uh, he's going to need it. Um, I'm not even sure Bill Weld makes it to Iowa. And uh, if he does make it to Iowa, he's surely not going to make it past New Hampshire. I just don't see that coming. Um, but on to Governor Hogan. Uh, Governor Hogan's uh, decision is a mite disappointing, I have to say. Um, so... Um, I really believe that the time for a moderate Republican to stand up and uh, oppose this president uh, is now. And I honestly believe that Larry Hogan was that moderate Republican. Uh, better than a well, better than a Kasich, uh, better than um, any of the other people uh, who had been thought about and talked about and whispered about as a potential Republican challenger to the president, um, because um, because he's a new face, he's a fresh face. You know, um, uh, Jeff Flake was not a fresh face. Uh, Bill Weld is not a fresh face. John Kasich is not a fresh face. Um, you know, and and I think Hogan uh, represents uh, the remainder of the moderate legacy uh, in large part in this country in the Republican Party. Uh, and I don't see anything that changes in 2020 that swings the Republican Party back towards moderation. I mean, whether Trump wins or loses, whether Republicans win big or get swamped or fight to a stalemate in the 2020-2022 federal uh, elections, uh, or for that matter in congressional and then state and local elections in those years, I don't see anything that brings the Republican Party back towards center. I see them continuing to become a very polarized, right-wing focused party very much a Trump party, not a Hogan party. Um, so this is really kind of nonsensical. Now, we do know that Governor Hogan is starting a nonpartisan, or I should say a bipartisan uh, think tank, uh, which I'm pretty sure will turn into a super, super PAC. I believe it's called a United America or something of that nature. And, uh, you know, could he be laying the groundwork for a 2024 run? Uh, that would be very possible. Governor Hogan would be uh, 67 years old, I believe, by the uh, 2024. Um, but, uh, you know, he's not he's not going to be going this alone. Uh, Nikki Haley, the, South, the former South Carolina governor and uh, former, UN, former U.N. ambassador, very likely to run. Uh, so, I mean, one would have to say she is the very early, by far, front runner uh, in that horse race, um, given her terms as governor of South Carolina, given the fact that she is a uh, female woman of color, uh, given the fact that she served in the Trump administration as UN ambassador, which kind of gives her a decent amount of distance. Uh, from Trump, while also uh, giving her bona fides as part of the administration. So uh, she would have to be the odds-on favorite, and I would even place her above um, Vice President Pence. 
Uh, and then who else would get into the race? Would a Ted Cruz, a Marco Rubio, or a Rand Paul give it another shot? I don't know. Um, but it's hard. I mean, if all three of those are in the race, if all five of those candidates are in the race, it's hard to imagine Larry Hogan being anything better than sixth. However, Hogan does have the advantage there of being uh, only one of two uh, governors in that conversation. And he does have the advantage of, um, you know, he was uh, ended his terms of office in 2022. So he will have currency in that position. Uh, however, uh, will he, um, does he suffer the fate electorally and going into a possible 2024 presidential election style cycle as that of his president and or that of his, oh my God, where is my voice tonight? Of that of his predecessor, uh, Governor Martin O'Malley. So we all know Hogan loves to run against O'Malley. He ran against O'Malley in 2014, even though he ran against, uh, even though the candidate was Anthony Brown. He ran against O'Malley in 2018, even though his candidate was Ben Jealous. So I'm guessing O'Malley probably spent more time in Maryland than Ben Jealous did in 2018. But that's besides the point. So he loves to talk about tax and spend O'Malley. O'Malley left the state in such bad shape. O'Malley, O'Malley, O'Malley. Um, here's the reality with O'Malley. Uh, O'Malley was a very was looked at as a very serious candidate for president come 2016. But a very funny thing happened in 2014. His handpicked lieutenant governor who he had supported for election to succeed him in his own seat, ran a dog of a campaign, um, you know, probably Ben Jealous' worst gubernatorial campaign ever, still St. Kathleen Kennedy Townsend second, um, Anthony Brown third, and uh, failed to win election. And that gave O'Malley a pretty broad political hit. Uh, and it did not exactly bring him a lot of credibility when it came to the presidential race in 2016. Um, also, which was, of course, not uh, anything that O'Malley could directly control, was that the anti-Hillary space was uh, wound up being sucked up by a certain uh, senator from uh, Vermont who doesn't happen to be a registered Democrat, and that would be Bernie Sanders. So uh, between the left hand of, you know, not leaving a political legacy in Maryland and from the right hand of someone else who was the anti-presumed nominee, um, you know, there was no space for O'Malley and out he went. Uh, look at what could be coming down the pike for Larry Hogan in 2024. So 2022 will be another gubernatorial election. Since Hogan has also said that he is not going to challenge Chris Van Hollen for Senate in 2022, it's hard to imagine a more serious candidate than a Kathy Zelega or maybe a Steve Shue or, hell, even an Alan Kittleman, one of the uh, former county executives who ran and lost in 2018, being that U.S. Senate candidate. I mean, I, I think I've heard that Delegate Nick, Nick Kipke 
maybe somebody who runs for that. But remember, a sitting state legislator will have to give up their seat in order to run for the Senate or for Congress in 2022. In 2020, such a race would be a free ride. Uh, there is no Senate seat up for in, in Maryland in 2020. The next one's up in 2022. And so I don't see any state legislator or county executive on the Republican side going for that. Um, you know, so that's one thing. No, no Hogan figure at the top of the ticket. The other thing is... Um, Democrats should have their stuff together a lot better for the 2022 gubernatorial election. Um, you know, if we have an Angela Olso Brooks or a Ken Ullman or a, um, hell, even a Calvin Ball or a Johnny O or somebody of that stature running for governor, um, I think that person is the favorite over a Kelly Schultz, uh, Jeannie Hathaway, uh, again, a Nick Kipke, uh, and that ilk. Um, I think that uh, this is much more a Democratic race to lose in 2022. Um, you know, Hogan was shown in 2018 to not have very long uh, coattails. And it's reasonable to believe that the Hogan phenomenon in Maryland politics is a singular one. So with him not on the ballot in either 2020 or 2022, uh, it's going to be hard for him to keep a dem for them for the Republicans to keep a Democrat out of the state house, uh, out of the governor's mansion, I should say, uh, as well as the state house, because Democrats are still going to have overwhelming majorities regardless of what the redistricting does. So, so here is the first half of what the League of O'Malley, uh, Hogan failing to deliver a Republican successor uh, into the governor's mansion. So that's one half of it. Now let's look at the second half. Who would the presumptive nominee be in 2024? What I just said, uh, it's Nikki Haley. Uh, again, former two-term uh, governor of South Carolina, uh, you know, uh, has some moderate-ish credentials, you know, haven't speak, spoken out against the uh, Confederate flag in light of the Charleston shooting, um, you know, has some Trump conservative bona fides and has some regular conservative bona fides as well. Um, did I mention she is a governor? Um, she could just as easily position herself to be anti-Trump as she could be pro-Trump. And as a female of color, it's going to be kind of hard to imagine that she's going to be waving the Donald Trump flag. Uh, she's going to be drawing a contrast. Probably the more likely candidate in the Republican field who will be more carrying the flag of being the heir of Trump would be Vice President Pence. So you have a situation in the Republican primary come 2024 where probably the most popular candidate will also be the candidate who would be running against the orthodoxy of the party, and that would be Nikki Haley. So that's the second half of 
what I said is that oh, a scenario that doomed Martin O'Malley in twenty in twenty um, in, in in twenty uh, oh my God when was it in twenty sixteen and doomed his candidacy then is you know not just the part where you fail to keep the state keep the governor's mansion for your own party especially for your own handpicked nominee but you run as a brand in the in the party primary in the presidential year that already has a more authentic candidate running in that same lane so what is Hogan's motivation for not running in 2020 again? Because at the very least, and by running in 2020, uh, it would kind of be a free shot. Yeah, he would get crazies at MAGA rallies coming out calling them names. He would probably get uh, made fun of for having a uh, multiracial marriage. Um you know, who knows what they would come up with. You know, we, the MAGA heads are creative, if nothing else. And they're not much else. But um, I don't see it. I don't see why the motivation, I don't see what the long-term political play is. Uh, but, you know, this may work out in Hogan's favor. Um Maybe the play is more grassroots-oriented, more than it is promoting Larry Hogan. Um, you know, who knows where this uh, this uh, entity that Hogan has just formed is going to go. But I do believe that by not running for president in 2020, Hogan's doing himself a disservice. If he at least ran against Van Hollen for Senate in 2022, he would give himself at least a punching chance of still being relevant come 24. He would head the ballot in 22. Uh, it would be like running for a third term of Hogan. You could certainly, he could certainly paint that picture, even though he'd be running for the Senate and not for governor again. Elect Hogan again. How wonderful. He's so popular. Um, you know, and don't think, you know, but for people like, oh, well, he's still going to be supporting candidates and Hogan has a name and da-da-da-da-da. Bullshit, you're off. Hogan does not have coattails. We saw that in 2018. Uh, he's not going to have coattails in 2022. So, um, you know, Hogan taking himself off, his, off the political stage, um, I believe he's just uh, consigned himself to no longer holding a political elected office. And he may be fine with that. Uh, and that's okay if he is. You know, it's his own life and it's his own career. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. Uh, but he did just lose an opportunity to speak to a very strong uh portion of the Republican Party in this country that currently is not being heard. And uh, if uh, he's not going to respond to, you know, their call, who will? Think about it. Modern Republicans, God bless you. I don't understand why you stay in that party, but you do. Um, my name is Bill Woodcock. This has been Forward Maryland. Join us tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow. 
we are going to be talking about schools in Howard County, and we are going to be talking about maybe more importantly development in Howard County and how it's related to schools and just the entire civic discourse and the quality thereof in the land of true civility. This will be a good one. It's a throwback. It's going to be fun. Have a great uh, time, everybody. And until, until next time, take care.